Welcome to The Word at First Prez. Over the spring and summer, we are doing a sermon series called Philosopher Kings. The goal of this sermon series is to examine the life philosophies of members of our congregation and how those life philosophies intersect with the Bible. Our hope is that you will find that everyone has something to teach us about life, faith, love, and our relationship with God. I hope you enjoy. Our first reading is from Isaiah 43, verses 15 to 19. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched, like a wick. Do not remember the former things, or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture comes to us from Mark chapter 7. Verses 9 through 23. Then he said to them, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother. And whoever speaks evil of father or mother must surely die. But you say that if anyone tells father or mother, whatever support you might have had from me is Corban, That is, an offering to God. Then you no longer permit doing anything for a father or mother, thus making void the word of God through your tradition that you have handed on. And you do many things like this. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand, there is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. When he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about the parable. He said to them, then do you also fail to understand? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile, since it enters not the heart, but the stomach, and goes out into the sewer. Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, It is what comes out of a person that defiles. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Over the spring and summer, we are doing a sermon series called Philosopher Kings. The term Philosopher Kings comes from the famous philosopher Plato who believed that those who have spent the time reflecting on how they navigate life are the people worth following. 
This is not just true of trained philosophers, but of average ordinary people. And so this sermon series examines the life philosophy of members of our congregation. Every sermon will begin with a life philosophy from one or more members of our congregation who submitted them all the way back in January to Alex. We will then take these ideas and talk about the biblical scriptures that reflect on that philosophy. The goal of this series is to demonstrate that everyone has something to teach us about life, faith, love, and our relationship with God. Today's philosophy comes from Don Rowley, and I love this quote quite a bit for many reasons. Here's what he says. The point is that I believe that I have tried to stay relevant to what the latest information and trends are. That's why I really like your sermons. And because I'm preaching this sermon, he was obviously talking (laughs) to me and not Alex, who he submitted it to. I think that some adults in every generation have said, young people today are disrespectful, or it was better in my generation. While I'm not into trying to be a young hipster, I am into trying to stay up to date. I have contemporaries that are afraid of technology or are uncomfortable with cell phones. It helps that I was and continue to be in a youth-oriented profession, so I know where most young people come from. It helps that we have two sons who are in education and five grandchildren nearby. So we know what is happening with young people and schools and maybe society in general. I am very much into not dwelling on the past, however, learning from it, and making the most of every day I am given. There is so much in this quote, and I want to hit on each part, but first, so that I don't forget anything, I made a quick little list, and let's go over that overview of that real quick. Number one, stay relevant on the latest trends and information and not saying it was better in my generation. Two, it helps to be in a youth-oriented profession, have two sons who are educators and five grandchildren nearby. The third point I want to bring out is not trying to be a young hipster, but try to stay up to date. And the last one is not dwelling in the past, but learning from it and making the most of every day. So let's start with the first one. Stay relevant to the latest trends and information and not saying it was better in my generation. Now, before anyone starts to think that I'm just going to be taking shots at the older generations, I want to affirm that I think this is something that we all do. In fact, I think it's innate in us. There's something to music and movies and TV shows or pop culture generally during pivotal times in our own lives that sticks with us. It ingrains in us, imprints on us. We look back with rosy glasses to those times. But have you ever sat down and actually revisited some of that? I recently looked back on some kids' shows and movies that I thought were amazing when I saw them growing up. 
And thanks to things like streaming services and the internet, I was able to watch them again when I hadn't been for years and years. And let me tell you, some of them aren't so great. <laughs> I now know what my parents were talking about. <laughs> some, in fact, if they came out today, would be solidly in my, I hate that category. But because they were around in my formative years, I have a bias towards them. Because these songs or shows were so important to me growing up, I assumed that they were better, and because the newer stuff isn't imprinted on me, clearly it's worse. This is how it works for all of us. I've seen this even in my own youth, in high school and middle school youth. They do the same dismissive thing with new shows. You see, back in the day, and that means like six years ago, I used to have this thing called coffice hours. During a two-hour block, I would hold office hours at a coffee shop. So coffee, office, coffice. You see what I did there? I'm very clever. <clears throat> Any youth who came to hang out with me would be afforded a drink or a snack of their choice from whatever place I was staying that week. Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, even Barrio. Then they'd hang out and we'd talk or they'd do homework or they'd ignore me and play on their cell phones. But one day I had my coffee hours at Barrio and they had recently installed a new TV and the Disney Channel was on. One of the youth in high school noticed the TV and watched for about five minutes whatever show was on. And then he said, man, Disney Channel has really gone downhill. It was so much better when I was a kid. Inside, I scoffed because I knew that when I was a kid was when it was the best, and he experienced garbage when he was a kid, so if this is even worse, man, this must be completely nothing. But then, watching the show a little bit, I realized, oh, it's just a kid's show for kids, which I am not one of anymore and my youth was becoming less of. Looking back, that show was probably better than some of the stuff that I actually watched as a kid. But the shows that I watched still meant more to me. I feel like this happens in the church as well. The songs that you knew growing up, the traditions that you did, that imprinted on you. Those are the ones that generally mean the most to you and thus are the ones that you want to hear and do when you come to church. Now this by itself isn't a bad thing. We all have this. But the problem comes when we get angry when our imprinted things aren't always what we do. When we sing different hymns, or new hymns, or even non-hymnal music. Or we say different affirmations of faith, or start a new tradition, even. We aren't all the same. All of us had different things imprint on us. And when we start to get mad about not getting to have our way, then we are no different than my youth saying that the Disney Channel was so much better when he was a kid. The trick, I think, is to see that imprinting that happened with us is constantly happening with each new generation. 
with each new wave of music and shows and technology and trends and church. So instead of running it down when we hear it, what if we were to go a different route? I was at a wedding a couple of years ago with Ellen, and we sat at a table with a family of five that we did not know. There was a mom and a dad and three kids who all looked to be in high school and college. We had the normal pleasantries and small talk, and then once I felt comfortable, which didn't take long because I am a crazy, outgoing extrovert, I asked the kids if they could explain something to me. I had been trying to understand the appeal of this specific artist for so long, but I couldn't figure it out. Previously, when situa situations like this arose, I would ask my youth here at church, but they'd either be so used to people running it down that they wouldn't want to talk about it, or even worse, from then on, since they knew I wasn't a fan of that particular artist, that's all they would reference or play while I was around. I learned my lesson with Kesha, and I'm never going back. <laughs> anyway, I took this opportunity to talk to unaffiliated youth who I would likely never see again and ask, what's the deal with Post Malone? Can you explain his appeal to me? Now, for those of you who don't know, which seems like a lot of you, this is Post Malone. He is, according to Wikipedia, an American singer-songwriter, record producer, and actor who has gained acclaim for blending a range of genres including hip-hop, R&B, pop, trap, rap rock, and cloud rap. And if you understand all of that, then you didn't need me to explain who Post Malone was. <laughs> anyway, I asked them, why is he so popular with you youths? They asked me if I had heard this song or that song, and I said yes, I did that in my previous uh, attempts to understand, but I still don't get it. And try as I might, they weren't able to communicate the draw that they felt toward this young man's music. Now to me, Post Malone is still a mediocre singer and a mediocre rapper who is using both of those talents to write songs to get money for more face tattoos. But it's not for me. It's just not for me, and that's okay. I have to be okay with the fact that it isn't meaningful to me, but that his music is meaningful to others. Having someone explain why it's meaningful to them is the part that will change my attitude towards him. Now, I didn't get this deep with the random youths at the wedding because I had just met them and I didn't want to creep them out. But what might have helped me is if they had answered some of these. Does his music speak to your soul? Does it make you happy? Does it make you feel like you are not alone? Does it inexplicably, inexplicably get stuck in your head for days and you don't know why? Those are things that I can understand. I have those songs and those artists, too. When we start asking the question behind the question is when we will start to be able to stay more relevant and say things like, it was better in my generation less.
better in terms of trends and culture and church, is the most subjective of things. It's better to you because it's meaningful to you. But if it's not meaningful to you, based solely on your experience with it, then maybe it can become meaningful to you based on who else it is meaningful to. Now, that was a very convoluted sentence, I know. But here's what I mean. Don finds meaning in these things because of number two. They connect him to his students or children or grandchildren. These strands of culture and technology that they teach him about or keep him up to date on probably by themselves wouldn't be meaningful. But because now they're forever tied to the memory of those who taught him about it, they have become meaningful. Now, I literally have in my sermon a parenthesis that says, insert story here about something you hated, but then someone you loved loved it, and now you love it. And I couldn't for the life of me think of something in my own life. But in talking with my wife just a couple days ago, we thought of something for her. If you've ever heard any of my sermons, you know there are two things that I reference quite a bit. One is my father, and one is Doctor Who. I love the show Doctor Who. I'm a super nerd about it, and I don't care who knows. It is a sci-fi romp through time and space that my wife would have never given a second glance at if it weren't for me. She watches it with me, and she loves it now. Not because she loves the show itself, but because she loves me, and I love the show. And so that connective tissue is through me. It has meaning because I have meaning in her life. Because the connection is no longer the show or the song, it's to the person that you love. And when you hear that song or you see that show, you think of them, and that makes you love it. This is why Don talks about the importance of being surrounded by the younger generation. Do you want to know why the kids are on TikTok? Why Zoom school was horrible for some and good for others? Why young people are leaving the church in droves and yet are equally or even more socially minded than previous generations? Why anxiety and depression are on the rise? Talk to a youth. Don't just randomly walk up to a youth and ask them these questions, though. <laughs> that would be horrible, and they probably wouldn't answer you. They won't have all the answers to your general questions, but they will have answers from their own lives. The trick is to truly see, though, that they have information to give as well. Being in a relationship with youth isn't about filling empty vessels, with hard-won wisdom that you have earned. It's about seeing where they are, showing where you are, and moving along together. That's how all relationships work. And that's the way to truly feel like you understand some of the issues better, to be in a relationship with people who are different than yourself. Only by committing to care about the person will you ever care about anything that that person holds dear, if you already don't hold that thing dear. Recently, we took a survey of the church, and the top two priorities 
were one, to develop and implement a comprehensive strategy to reach new people and incorporate them into the life of the church. And two, to make necessary changes to attract families with children and youth to our church. If we are to actually try and accomplish either of these goals, we have to be willing to listen to other voices about what is meaningful to them and incorporate that into our church and into our worship. You attract people by being relevant to their lives and resonating with them on a core level. Not by saying, come, be part of this thing that I find meaningful and am totally unwilling to change. When we talk about being open to new people, we must also be open to new ideas. And almost everything that we say and do and sing should be on the table as something that we could change. I say almost everything, and to clarify that, we need to move on to Don's next point. The third thing that Don says is that he's not trying to be a young hipster. Now, whenever I see someone my age or even older trying so hard to be young and hip, I think of this meme. <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> I love it so much. It makes me so happy. And in case you can't see, it says music band on his shirt. <laughs> Appreciating what is new now doesn't mean that you have to sell yourself out to be something that you are not. Are you a grandmother who loves Otis Redding and Post Malone? Awesome. But don't shun Otis to become solely a Post Malone stan. Don't cut out parts of yourself simply because it's no longer the in thing. Difference is key to beauty. It is not just true in nature with fields of flowers or a rainbow, but it's true with people, music, art, culture. Be you. Do you. Appreciation is not appropriation. Don't try to be something that you are not for the sake of fitting in. I was told this all throughout growing up, and it is as true now as it ever was. In the church, this means that we have to be true to the core of who the church is, and it is here that we have to have some tough talks. What is the core of the church? Is it the space? Is it the building? Is it the traditions? Is it the hymns? When we strip everything else away, what can still stand on its own and be the church. That is the core of the church that we cannot change because then we would no longer be the church. To me, that core is the message of Jesus and our willingness to participate in it. Jesus' message to love each other and help those in need is something that I think reverberates through the soul. It is something that I think taps into the humanity of us all. I think the reason the church struggles to be relevant is because typically we will either be unwilling to change the way we do anything at all, 
and just expect the new generation to fall in line or get out, and overwhelmingly they are deciding to get out. Or the church will go the other way, and as Don puts it, try to be a young hipster, abandoning Jesus' core message to try and dress up the church as something that it is not. Do you want money? Jesus wants you to be rich. Do you want to be baptized? Take this two-story water slide into the baptismal font. Do you want your prayers to be answered? Just give us enough money and God will do anything you ask. These go against the message of Jesus. They are there solely to draw people in and abandon the core of the church. The church cannot pretend to be something that it is not. The final thing that Don says is what we're going to talk about now. That's weird. Why did I phrase it that way? Here's the final thing that Don says. Do not dwell in the past, but learn from it and make the most of every day. As you get older, it becomes increasingly hard to not dwell in the past. I've started experiencing this a little myself. When there are more years behind you, there's more stuff to look back on. Good times, meaningful times, sad times, hard times, they're all there. And it can be easier to keep your mind back there than to try and create new situations now or in the future. But to dwell in the past is to drive a car while only looking in the rearview mirror. The car is still moving forward. Time continues to move forward regardless of which direction we are looking. If you're only looking in the rear view, you might be going forward, but you don't really know where you're going, how you're getting there, or how dangerous you're being to yourself and other cars on the road. Our past informs our present and helps guide our future. We look back to see where we've been so that we can move forward with a better knowledge, not so that we can constantly bloviate on how much better it was back there and continue to do the same exact thing forever and ever. And our first scripture from today seems to agree with that. God calls out to Israel through the prophet Isaiah, God says, do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? God is calling out to the people of Israel and saying, forget what happened. Forget what is behind. Look towards the future. Look at the new thing that I am doing. God's call to the church is the same. The Christian faith is one saturated with traditions, things we do because we've always done them, things that have become meaningful to some because they've been part of our lives for a long time, traditions that we do because our grandparents did them, so our parents did them, so we do them. But these traditions, to some, are meaningless, as in literally they have no meaning. There's no connection there. We as a church cannot be so locked into what we've always done that we're just driving forward looking in the rear view. 
Don's words and Isaiah's words call us to be willing to embrace the new, embrace what is meaningful to the next generation, ask the question behind the question. Because if we don't, if we are unwilling to seriously look at our faith differently or take a different approach, our church will die out as we know it. If we stand unwavering and say, it's the way it is because it's the way it always has been and it will continue to be this way, then we can't be surprised when no one new jumps on board. Staying relevant is something that the church has always, always struggled with. But I don't think that's because of the core message of the church. There's a sweet spot in here somewhere that's increasingly hard for us to find, where we learn from one another what is meaningful to each other, where we find new traditions, learn from old ones, and keep some, continually knowing that it is God who is doing a new thing, cultivating the land, turning it over again and again to promote growth, to expose healthy soil ripe for sprouts. Do we have the bravery to let go of what we've always been to see what God can grow us into? Do we have the courage to learn from those who we've always seen as those we must teach? Can we find the resilience to be lifelong learners and be open to finding new meanings inside and outside of these walls? God is doing a new thing. Will we see it ahead of us? Or will we be too preoccupied? Let us open our eyes to the new things that God is doing. Open our hearts to one another and those things that each find meaningful. And open our minds to see what we could be together if we hold one another in this way. Amen. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.firstpresah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.